to episode 262 of Chicken in Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein of High News. Thank you for stopping by. So, two big championships in the books. The final two continental championships are in the books. And two really great championships. Uh, one watched much more than the other, but uh, that uh, does not take away the meaning of FIBA AfroBasket 2017 at all. And uh, that's actually probably more the talking point of the uh, of the episode this week. Uh, before we get too far into the show, let's let you know how you can get in contact with the show. You can reach out to me on Twitter at High News. That's H-E-I-N-N-E-W-S. You can go to the Facebook group and put in the search bar taking the charge podcast and you can join the group there's the website highnews.com the email highnews at gmx.de you can go to itunes rate and review the show you can become a patreon support the show that is patreon.com slash taking the charge all one word uh, show some love for the show that would be fantastic and uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, seems seems like I'm missing something, but uh, you know, just go back to the beginning of last week's show uh, and uh, and find out what I was forgetting if I was forgetting anything as far as how to contact the show. Um, all right, so like I said, the two big championships, the final two championships of the. Of the summer, I, I guess there's only one continental championship left, and uh, that is actually the under 16, the FIBA under 16 Asia championship. Still no dates on that, still no hosts on that, and uh, I know some of the some of the uh, some of the people in Oceania are anxiously awaiting everything. Everybody who's going to be involved in and are, are watching or would like to watch that uh, are waiting to find out where that competition when and where that competition is going to take place i could imagine it's going to happen sometime in in october i can't imagine going too much later than that but you know don't know for sure about that uh so that yeah though that would actually be the final one uh of the uh of the international national team tournaments that uh, take place over the summer uh, of course, that uh, U FIBA U sixteen Asia Championship would decide the final. Uh, what three teams? I believe three teams in the uh, in the FIBA U seventeen Basketball World Cup two thousand eighteen. Uh, the last three tickets to Argentina, 
but uh, yeah, so let's let's wrap let's let's wrap up uh, FIBA uh, FIBA EuroBasket 2017. All hail Slo- Slovenia! Uh, what a what a run! What a show! Um, you know, you really have to tip your hat to to that team. You know, and and it's not just it's not just Goran Dragic, Luka Doncic as uh, as the as the team more than showed, especially in the final. You know, with Doncic out with an ankle injury and 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 Dragic being unable to play in the fourth quarter, um, the final four minutes of the fourth quarter with uh, with cramps. Uh, claim on Preplich and and Anthony Randolph, you know, really those two guys stepped up big time. Uh, Jakob Lazic also had uh, some big plays, uh, and even uh, Alexi Alexi uh, Nikolic uh, had a had a couple of big free throws late in the game. So, you know, they didn't lose a game. Slovenia didn't lose a game and took down some pretty big teams along the way. You know, Finland in Finland. Then they beat uh, Greece and France. Had that amazing quarterfinal run against against Latvia. Uh, probably one of the best games of the tournament. You know that was the quarterfinals. Uh, Two hundred points scored. Then you you know you had a twenty point win over the reigning champs, uh, Spain in the in the semifinals, and they took down Serbia in, in the final. So you uh, you know. The best team, I think, the best team won, and uh, you know it was it was a it was a perfectly planned game plan for that group of players. You know, guard heavy, dominant, quick, up tempo game, and uh, you know with guys like Goran Goran Dragic, uh, Goran Dragic, and um, Luka Doncic just. Yeah, you you can't um, you can't go, go go wrong with those guys, and they just uh, performed uh, fantastically. Uh, Dragic obviously being MVP, Doncic making it to the All Tournament team, along with along with uh, let's see if I can get this Paul Gasol. Uh, Paul Gasol, I'm gonna have to cheat and look on this. Uh, I know Alexei Shved was on there as well, and gonna have to. How am I gonna do this? Let's see here. Um, yeah, so I mean, definitely, you know, that group of uh, of guys more than deserved uh, recipients of the all tournament uh, of the All Star Five team. And let's see, kind of slow on this one, and getting the, the last guy. Uh, who was it? Uh, ah, Serb Headmaster Bogdanovich. Um, so uh, yeah, just uh, you know, fantastic, fantastic. Um, Fantastic uh, showing by them, and uh, it was uh, it was really fun to be part of the of the of the tournament. Happy to 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 be on board uh, with the uh, with uh, FIBA Europe uh, and uh, helping out uh, give some great uh, coverage. Uh, yeah, Bogdan Bogdanovich was the fifth member of the All Star Five. You know, was uh, writing up the final experts analysis. Uh, went online today, and uh, you know, as far as you know, just some of the things. Wrapping up some of the things that that you know, whether or not we, you know, what 
so so one prediction I got right, you know, uh, mentioned that that Italy, you know, seems like uh, everybody had Italy. You know, some people even Italy not going out of the first round and the group phase, and you know, I I think they were better than than most people most people thought, and uh, they ended up getting to the quarterfinals, losing to Serbia. Uh, definitely didn't see that one coming. Um, I actually thought uh, Russia was the the team I didn't see really coming. Uh, I mentioned, you know, even though I'm a huge fan of Andre Vonsevich, uh, but for me, that team really came out of nowhere. It, um, you know, Shved was just amazing. You know, obviously, you know, making it to the all tournament team, uh, all star five. You know, he had kind of a tough game in the, uh, also in the, in the both the semifinal and the third place game, um, so kind of a kind of a disappointing end for for Shred and also not getting on the table uh, on the uh, on the podium, but um, you know just a great showing by Russia and it's cool to have Russia relevant again. I'm really happy you know because that's you know that could be a really great federation, great uh, with great uh, fans and and uh, really a good uh, a group of 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 players and um you know there are some there are some good young talent coming up and you know you saw that with the csk moscow team uh making it to the making it to the uh to the final four as a uh, the angt final four uh with a wild card my 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 personal highlight you know Doncic. you know i mean it seeing him you know become a really become a superstar on the international level uh, right before your eyes, you know, it's, it's, you know, your league is one thing, obviously it's a great league and all that, but, uh, you know, international basketball, uh, is, uh, yeah, it's a different level and Doncic more than showed that he belonged. I mean, and, and more than showed that he is a, a superstar and, um, you know, that at 18, you know, this is this, you know, everybody, everybody thought, you know, that he's special and, you know, he confirmed everybody's, expectations not even expectations hopes you know i don't think everybody i think anybody expected him you know said or you know there i know there's any pressure that came with expectations that if he doesn't do this everybody would be disappointed you know you're just like ooh, i wonder what he's gonna be able to do and he did everything and it was a fan it was an unbelievable run and um you know euro european basketball we we have him for one season let's enjoy uh let's enjoy Real Madrid games this season, just knowing that this is the last season that Dungeons will be around, you know, it's, you know, almost a certainty, you know, he'll go to the NBA next year, it would seem, you know, not this coming season, but next season, that he'll be, you know, definitely top five pick, you know, if I'm starting a franchise, you know, I have to go and look and see, you know, the other, some of the other guys, I don't know all the other guys uh, from, from uh, you know, the incoming freshman, um, incoming freshman in college. But, um, you know, seeing a guy do this at this level, uh, under this pressure at this stage, you know, I'd be hard-pressed to find somebody else that, that can that can do this, you know, um, at, at 18. So, you know, you, uh, Porter, you know, Porter, uh you can almost say, well, well, Porter missed a chance to come to play uh, for USA at the uh, FIBA U19 Basketball World Cup. You know, he was at the under-18s the the, the the summer before. Uh, I believe he won the MVP. 
I'm not 100% sure, but I know he was one of the star performers there. And he didn't show up for, for the under-19 this year. So, you know, that's okay. He went to Missouri, and, 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 and there's, you know, things that go along with, with all that. But, you know, not saying it's a question mark at all, but, you know, he had his chance to shine at a, at a higher level, and, and uh, you know, Porter would have been a, an amazing part of that team. But uh, so that, that was, you know, personal highlight of the tournament was, was Doncic. Had second pick was um, uh, Russian coach Sergei Pazarevich's uh, press conference. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and, uh, and watch those. That was fantastic. Uh, biggest to- the disappointment, I ended up saying Georgia. Um, you know, okay, you could say France or Croatia, maybe even Lithuania, but uh, I said Georgia. Not even getting out of that that group state, group phase where I was in Tel Aviv. You know, those are some pretty high-level guys with Pashulia and Shangelia. And to see them not, uh, you know, to see them, to see Ukraine go instead of them. You know, it just was a major disappointment. I, I know they're not as they weren't as deep and 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 whatnot, but you know, still that uh, you know they should have been able to to get through that for that. So that's probably my my disappointment. And then, you know, last thing we had to do. I'm mean, I think I give everything away. Uh, and also, there's the other writers, so you can go, uh, you can go and see what they have to say. But uh, you know, 2021 is a long time away. Uh, but what's my early prediction? And uh, you know, say, <clears throat> you know, Doncic probably uh will be dominating the game you know and uh Slovenia won't have drag the other dragic probably won't have either dragic's porzingis will have will be there for latvia probably rodians kuros uh will probably be he's 19 he's probably gonna be 22 23 in that so he's gonna be a pretty uh pretty um you know, knocking on the door definitely should be a big part of that team, I would imagine. If he continues to develop, Germany's going to be right there, and there's a lot of talent coming up that it's going to be four years. That's a long time for those guys to develop. Turkey, you know, you look at that young, exciting core of uh, um, of Osman Sipahi and, and Korkmaz. You know, Korkmaz is the, oh, I guess... I guess Osman's the oldest, and he was was he twenty two, so it'd be twenty six, something like that. Um, and there's a lot of Turkish talent coming up, and then of course you know Spain, Turkey, uh, Spain, Serbia, Lithuania, France, Greece. Um, and I, but my prediction, one, two, three podium in 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 twenty twenty one is uh, France, Turkey, Serbia. Book it, <sighs> write it down. Uh, nah, nah. Saying a prediction, a, a podium prediction four years from now is pretty hard, but uh, so I, I venture to venture to guess. Uh, so go check that out. That's uh, at uh, fiba.basketball slash eurobasket slash 2017, and it's one of the lead items there in, in the uh, rotator uh, experts. The expert post tournament review who saw that coming. So go check that out. Um, yeah, so four years, uh, you know. <laughs> As a as someone who who really loves uh, watching international basketball, it is it is a it is a bit sad that that the that the next Eurobasket is not until twenty twenty one. You know, it is it's gonna be it's gonna seem like a long time, but you know it it, it you know it happens. You know things get changed and. 
you know, who say who's who's to say that that, that doesn't change in, in twenty years where we have it every two years again, you know, it's you know, the game game develops and you know, every everybody was talking about how, you know, these guys, you know, play so much basketball and you know, this is the new format, the new calendar, the new system. You know, it does give a teams uh, it does give players a summer off, which is what they actually they did not have uh, in the un, under the under the still current, I guess, uh, system. And uh, but yeah, it's going to be sad. It's going to be you know you, you're gonna going to be longing for it. You know, some uh, I, I guess some of the records are never going to be broken. I can imagine. You know, can Dunchich now catch? Gazole, Powell as as the all time leader in uh, Eurobasket uh, scoring. You know, par, you know, uh, Powell passed Parker, and uh, and I think uh, I think uh, Dirk was was third. You know, and you know those guys played every year, and that was every year, every two years. You know, so you know if if Doncic is only going to be able to, he's only eighteen, but even Powell was. Uh, I have to go back and look. Let's you know. Let's see if I can grab that really quick. But you know, even uh, even if he's eighteen, eighteen, so twenty two, twenty six, thirty, twenty two, twenty two, twenty six, thirty, thirty four. That's five. Um, that's five tournaments, and uh, you know, okay, thirty four, maybe thirty eight. You know, I mean, now we're talking way down the road. You know, who knows um, whether or not that's going to, that could happen. But, um, so let's see, what did Paul end up playing? He ended up playing, so 2001, 3, 7, 9, 11, 1, 3, 7, 9, 11, 15 17 that's seven seven that's seven tournaments and and he ended up breaking uh parker's parker's record you know we just did uh we just did we just did Doncic with at 18 22 26 18 22 26 30 34 that's five so i don't uh I don't think that uh, you know Paul's numbers were seventeen, twenty-six, almost nineteen, um, almost nineteen, twenty, twenty-six, and then seventeen. So I don't know if I really see, I don't know if I really see that happening. You know, so. Some of these records are never going to be broken, I would imagine. So Parker, uh, 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Also played 7. So, yeah. Um, get, say goodbye to uh, Eurobasket every four years. Uh, say hello to the new system. Say hello to, to national team windows during, during the season. You know, everybody's got their own opinion, and I'm 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 in favor of it. I I think it's I think it's going to be good to have uh, national team stuff during the season, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, see these guys, you know, play for their nations. You know, some of the you know some of the things, you know, are going to be interesting to see how they do it. Um, 
you know, the Aussies, are they going to play FIBA Asia? I, I, I kind of doubt it. I, you know, they're, I, I mean, the fact that the most of the games will be in a, you know, maybe they play the, maybe they play the legs where it's only quote only in Asia. So you're only flying, uh, to Chinese Taipei and, um, you know, I don't know, um, Japan, I guess I could even look and see where where they're what group they're in. Um, you know, so do they do they only do that? You know, and not do games, home games. Um, be just because, I mean that's a I've never been there, but you know that's a monster trip. That's a monster trip for for the uh, for the Asians uh, for for uh, for the Aussies to go all the way down there. Um, you know what does what do the what do the Brazilians and Argentinians here in Europe, do they do they make that long trip? Um, you know it, that that's you know some of the interest. Okay, I mean, NBA, you know Euroleague is, is one thing, but um, you know what what are those countries? What are these countries going to do? That's you know it's going to be one of the things that's going to be interesting to see how it works out. So Australia have China. Uh, sorry, Australia, for example, have uh, Japan, Chinese Taipei. And Philippines, and let's see, I guess New Zealand really don't have many guys here in Europe, but the Australians do. You know, there's a couple of Aussies here in, in Europe, and, and so they, you know, they're going to have to, you know, take a trip all the way to, to Japan or Philippines, and, you know, and the home games down all the way to, um, uh, go back all the way down to, to, uh, all the way down to to Australia. It's going to be a, one heck of a heck of a of a trip. Uh, let's see the Americans. Africa, the Africa qualifiers. Um, I suppose there's not really many Africans here, you know. But you know, maybe some of these guys. Uh, we bring actually a couple of the Africans up. You know, are they gonna are they gonna play in these competitions? You know, I mean, it's it's gonna it, that's I for me that's one of the interesting points. Like. You know, I think the Europeans actually have it pretty easy. You know, I mean, everybody from Europe, mainly it's the Europeans, seems to be you know complaining about it and you know understand that it's a little bit of a of a of a calendar issue with with uh, the NBA and and with um, with uh, uh, with the Euroleague. But I mean, think about it. You know, the NBA. All right, the NBA is is is. You know, but you take you take uh, you take the the English you know Premier League. You take the you take the the German Bundesliga. You know these are billion euro um, leagues, uh, and uh, you know they're they're sending their guys to to the national teams, uh, and I mean they're going all the way down to you know Kazakhstan or you know wherever you know there's there's some pretty 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 far trips uh for some of these for some of these teams and so it, it has to be established it has to be it has to grow you know um i think that uh you know you know do the nba players ever play who knows i i I probably definitely not in 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 the next probably probably not in the next two cycles. Uh, other where the the windows maybe the June window you can imagine maybe the June window, uh, maybe the September window that some of the NBA guys 
could show up, you know, the Uralee guys. But uh, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Again, a little bit disappointed that, uh, you know, that the Eurobasket's going to be every four years. But, you know, whatever. There's uh, the game changes and, and you have to, you know, get on board and, and, and follow it and, 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 and enjoy it. You know, it also has advantages. So, But that's, I think, another show for another day. Um, <laughs> another talk for another show. Um, let's move on to to, uh, to Afrobasket. Kind of wrap up uh, Eurobasket. Um Maybe next week bring bring it back up, but uh, but we'll see. I guess maybe before we do get get to after basket, I do want to mention. Um, <laughs> there's no break. We're we, <laughs> um, uh, the basketball champions league qualifiers were yesterday. Um, what did we say? Um, the Lithuanian LK, LKL uh, LKL yes uh, LKL started yesterday. Um, France, the French league starts this week. Um, Spain starts next weekend. The ABA starts next Friday. Germany starts next Thursday. VTB starts on October 5th. Uh, Turkey starts October 8th. Spain uh, next weekend, 30th of September. Slovenia, the home of the European champions, October 7th, October 14th for Serbia, Russia, October 5th, um, EuroLeague starts on October 12th, I guess I didn't uh, end up actually looking to find out when the Eurobasket, when the uh, Euro Cup, Euro Cup starts on the October 10th, so, you know, the... <laughs> There's no break. There's no break, and, and and if you're a basketball lover, you have to be happy about it. Uh, keep saying, ah, oh, Champions League. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Uh, we already had, we already had teams like. Let's see if we can get this up really quick. This is so these are basketball Champions League qualifiers. You know, Jovan Tut was there. Um, uh, Saratov from Russia. You know they've done some things. Ludwigsburg, uh, who uh, has you know played played pretty well, uh, haven't necessarily gone very far in the German league playoffs, but they've played pretty well. Kopfenberg in in in, uh, uh, in 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 Austria, Benfica, Bosna, Kalev. You know this. Okay, they're not giants. Dynamo Tbilisi. You know, they're not giants, obviously, but you know these are national champions, and they're going and, and and they're trying to get to the Champions League. You know, it's a national, it's an international competition, pan-European competition, and and they want to get there. So you know, it's some pretty decent level. Hovantut is a, you know a storied, histor you know, uh, um, development team, and uh, yeah, so they're they're already going at it. Um, let's see, Divina, Divina, da da da. So yeah, they're started already. LKL, the Lithuanian league, has already started. Um, so <laughs> no break, no rest for the weary. You know, if you, uh, I mean, go ahead. If you're tired of basketball, go take a break. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's basketball is is not gonna wait for you. They're gonna keep going on, and, and just go look at that team, right? Just go look at the Hoventut, uh, uh, right? So you. You have, uh, you know, Ser Sergi Vidal. You have, uh, you have a lot of young kids. You have uh, Joel Para. You have Dominic Mavra from uh, Croatia, only twenty-three. Uh, Thomas Gilo, 
Polish international, uh, Paul Malins, Jose Nuguez, uh, Alex Ralph. Um, you know, this is even this is an interesting team, and uh, so no reason not to watch the, the Champions League just because of that team. See if they can get uh, into the into the uh, uh, into the the group group stage. So yeah, no rest, uh, which is which is good if you're a basketball fan. So and and I'm a basketball fan, so I'm really looking forward to it uh, again. Yeah, France kicks off this weekend, so you can start watching them. Um, they've had some time to rest after bowing out in the round of 16. Uh, okay, so uh, let's get to the FIBA Afro Basket. Um, <laughs> I guess if with the Afro Basket now moving every four years, uh, hopefully it doesn't take me four years to talk to this guy. Uh, this is uh, Julio Chitundo. He is the uh, FIBA dot basketball uh, African. Basketball columnist, he writes uh, uh, Julio Chitundo's Chitunda's um, African Message. Uh, he was at uh, at the FIBA Afro Basket for 2017 for FIBA, and uh, he was at the final, the final phase, the group phase, and also the final phase. So here's my chat with him. Um, talked to him back in 2015. And uh, so, and that was episode one fifty five, I believe. So, if you want to go back and check that one out, he was talking about two thousand, the two thousand fifteen Afro Basket, and here he is talking about two thousand seventeen. And I'm going to uh, uh, let him uh, tell you about it. So, enjoy, and we'll catch you on the other side. All right. So, on the show this week, a returning guest to talk about FIBA Afro Basket two thousand seventeen. Uh, Julio Chatunda from the the FIBA dot basketball Africa columnist. Uh, Julio, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Um, I was looking back in the archives, where you want to call it? It was episode one fifty five, um, two years ago, <laughs> about That's this right, yes. about this time talking about Afro Basket two thousand fifteen, and mm-hmm. uh, here we are, uh, two years later, and uh, another. Another uh, Afro basket to talk about, and um, another. Um, well, last time I guess we we talked about uh, Nigeria winning it for the first time ever. Correct. Yes. And uh, this time we get. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, can we can we talk about uh, a you know one of the true true powers right now in african basketball tunisia um taking two out of the last four uh with a third place there uh in between in uh, in yeah. 2015 um Absolutely. i guess i guess let's just, let's just start off with um you know looking back at the power rankings that you guys had um before the tournament you actually mm-hmm. had tunisia as the first uh, as the uh, number one team correct um Having the team have having the the competition take place in Tunisia, you know, you know, always helps to have you know the home home court advantage and all that. Uh, didn't quite work uh, two years ago, uh, but let's let's go with how uh, you know your reaction to them to Tunisia winning the championship. Um, you know, surprise or not or whatnot. Uh, why don't you go with uh, with uh, that first to start off? Um. To be honest with you, um, we had Tunisia as the number one team on our power rankings on FIBA.basketball 
Um, but, you know, during the championship itself, I thought that um, Senegal could have done a lot, but, uh, a lot better than they did. Um, I watched Senegal playing at home in front of their own fans, and they were incredible. I was like, okay, uh, this is the, the new African champion coming up. But all of a sudden, we may, we we, may, we switched to, to to Tunis, and things changed completely. You know, and uh, eventually Tunisia won the championship, and we have to admit that Tunisia were the better team. They, they won, they've won all their six games, and they played great basketball. They had great fans, and um, yeah, I wasn't surprised that they won the championship. To be honest with you, uh, keep in mind that uh, they are coached by a man who has never lost an AfroBasket. Championship, Mario Palma. So he has won um, four African championships with Angola, at the helm of Angola, and then he made it with Tunisia. So, I mean, they had everything to win it. Um, was Palma also in charge of uh, Lebanon? Uh, not Lebanon, Jordan? He was in charge of Jordan, yes, a couple of, of years ago. And then... Um, and where the, I, mean, I think that was where they... I think, isn't that, isn't that where they uh, had one of their best performances at, at, at uh, Asia, Asia Cup, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that? I can't remember exactly, but... You are right, Something yes. Something yeah. tells me that uh, that 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 uh, that he had a... He was in charge of, a, of Jordan a while ago. I don't... Is that the case? Do you, do you know that? He was in charge of Jordan, yes. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, great, great coach. Um, and... Uh, um, it, well, we'll go into the tournament a little bit more, more depth, but, but one of the things that I wanted to, to, to ask you about, and, it, and, you know, I was just at Eurobasket and, and, you know, you, we've seen, you know, a lot of, a lot of stars not able to make it. Some got injured, whatnot, but I was just wondering, you know, like if you, if, if some of the, some of the fans look at the, the rosters of some of these national teams, uh, I'd say that there's, you know. For someone who doesn't follow a lot of uh, African basketball, there might not be a lot of names that people recognize. Um, and I was just wondering what you can kind of talk about as far as how do I say? Let, let, maybe just say the star power, um, or you know, like big names missing. You know, uh, well, I, I know, I know, Nigeria actually looked pretty decent as far as as, as some of the names that they had, but just in general, um, the level of guys. Actually, Tunisia were missing some of their biggest names, and and your column that you can also talk about in a bit, um, you know, kind of you know said that they may have actually you know could have benefited them, but maybe just talk about the star power. Maybe that was missing some of the some and 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 and, and maybe why that is. I mean, we're we're in the the end of Sep we're in the middle of September. And so, you know, camps really haven't started, NBA camps and stuff like that. But maybe talk about the star power. Mm, okay. I mean, let's start with Nigeria. Nigeria, for example, they um, made it to Tunis uh, this year with only one player who, who played for the winning team two years ago. And Ik Diogo. And it happens that he ended up being named the most valuable player. But the problem is uh, Ik Diogo, he was part of the team two years ago, but he did not play. Because he got injured to, uh, just a couple of days before the tournament started. So, basically, this Nigerian team was uh, fairly new. I mean, they've never played together. Uh, they had only two or three weeks of preparation. Uh, all in, uh, They spent most of, most of their preparations in Lagos. They never played uh, a real national team uh, during the preparations. They played some local teams and things like that. But, um, I mean, coming to... to, to 
to the to this point of reaching the final of the African Championship, it was, it was a great success. I mean, there's been a number of uh, key players missing in this championship. I mean, uh, before the tournament, we were expecting to see uh, players like um, Cameroon, uh, Luke Mbamute, uh, who will be playing for the Houston Rockets, for example. Uh, Salah Majri, who plays for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, uh, he was expect- expected to play for t- Tunisia. He did not make it to, to, to Tunisia. Uh, I mean... Uh, Chamberlain Oguchi, Chamberlain Oguchi, the MVP two years ago in in, in Tunisia, he didn't make it to, to to Tunis this time. I mean, there's been a number of big names that who didn't turn up um, this time around, but uh, in hand, uh, some new names came up and they were spectacular. Let me just give you an example. Uh, Erv Kebalese from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, we uh, most of fans have never heard of him. But he was one of the stars of the tournament. He was great. He's only 20 years old, 21 years old, sorry, a big fan, uh, 20 years old. And he, he was, a, a, you know, a great surprise to, to most fans uh, following the championship. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a number of big names who missed the tournament. But in the end, uh, some other names came up. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Evi Kebalase from the Republic of Congo. I'm also thinking about uh, Ali Larishi from Morocco. I mean, he was fantastic. And then I'm thinking about Leandro Conceição from Angola. Uh, who is the son of a FIBA Hall of Famer, Jean-Jacques Conceição. I mean, there's some big names coming up during this tournament. It's, 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 it's a shame that uh, big names tend to refuse to, or, I mean, or they have their own reasons not to represent their countries. Uh, as you mentioned, the NBA, for example, hasn't started yet. The NBA season hasn't started yet. But uh, eventually, uh, these uh, unknown players... Uh, made the party and um, they introduced themselves to the world basketball fans. So, I mean, it's been great. And I think that's one of the exciting parts about, you know, you might have the negative, you know, star power, like we were saying, that, you know, maybe some fans will be like, oh, I don't know who these players are, you know. But on the other hand, you do have a, um, you know, you do have these new players, you know, breaking out, which is, you know, one of the benefits also that people can also say as far as, you know, World Cup qualifiers, you know, in-season windows and, and uh and this is this is a, this is the last question on it. But uh, but do, do you know? Is there any is there any reason why you think that um, that the players, the bigger name players, decided not to come? I mean, is is this championship losing on on status? Is it uh, is it because there was a little bit of of uncertainty uncertainty about where the the competition would take place and 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 and, and, yeah, and I whatnot? Mean, I get your point. And one of the things that those uh, big names are concerned about. Uh, is their health, you know, and uh, they have to be covered. They need an insurance to cover their uh, their time during the national team. This is going to change when the World Cup qualifiers uh, starts because, you know, there will be a, a FIBA insurance for all players, you know, taking part in the national team action during the qualifiers. I'm, I'm sure you are aware of that. And um, Gorgi Jeng from Senegal, he was a classical example. Uh, after the third, after the semi-final game, I asked him this very question: How was that possible? But so many, you know, so big name, big names, uh, uh, top players uh, haven't played at the, at the competition for insurance, for lack of insurance reasons. And he said, "Listen, I don't know. You know, I'm a Senegalese. I feel proud to represent my country, representing my country. So I'm here. The federation paid, uh, has paid for, for for my insurance, and I'm glad to be here." Uh, this is not the case with other players because not all uh, national basketball federations can afford to play 
uh, a player insurance to take part in a tournament like this, you see. So Senegal uh, gathered all their best players. They did their very best. But in hand, they finished in third place. But still, uh, most of these players tend to... I think this was the case of, uh, of some of these big names. Luke Mbamuche, for example, uh, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam from Cameroon, and other players. But eventually, you know, those little uh, small players or uh, unknown players, let's say, um, made a great show. Well, let's let's kind of go into the show a little bit. Um, to me, it seems like uh, I s- probably Mali not making it out of the first round to make it to the to the knockout stage in uh, in Tunis was probably the the one I guess you'd call it upset or surprise. Um, I mean, they ended up you know winning two games. They beat Nigeria, uh, but uh, you know tiebreakers, whatnot. You know, you lose by twenty three points. It's not gonna you know, help you in your tie breaks. Uh, I know that wasn't where you were. You were in Dakar for 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 uh, groups uh, B and D. Uh, but would you say that's really the only surprise uh, exemption from the from the quarterfinals? I mean, there's been a number of surprises to be honest with you. Let's start with Morocco, for example. I know uh, Mali did very well. Uh, they finished with five, uh, five points in group a the same number of points as nigeria and congo and they got a bit confused with that but um there's been a number of 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 surprises and the biggest surprise to me was was it wasn't really a surprise to be honest with you because i've been watching morocco playing for, for so many years and uh eventually this year they just made it to the to the, to the semi-finals so yeah i mean uh, morocco morocco did very well yeah but them getting out of then getting out of the the group stage i mean okay you could have maybe said you know central africa uh, central african republic had a chance but i mean it seems like the only surprise team that didn't make it out was uh was mali no um well i mean considering that uh the democratic republic of congo played really really well uh, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't going to say it was a surprise because that was a tough group in the end. You know, yeah, sure. uh, when we first started, it was a tough group. You had Nigeria, you had you had uh, Cote d'Ivoire or Ivory Coast, if you want, uh, Mali, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. They are, these are uh, four very good teams. And then, uh, I mean, listen, Congo had never played a hard Afro basket for ten years. Okay, wow, didn't know that. <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden they just showed up with eight players based who play, you know, basketball at home, and they, they made a splash, a big splash. You know, they beat Nigeria, uh, they beat Mali, and uh, eventually they made it. So uh, it was a surprise, yes and no. But let's say because that was a tough group, either team could have made it to the to the to the final phase. Let's let's jump then to the final phase. Uh, we, I think, I think even the first quarterfinal was, um, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, even the first quarterfinal played was the Morocco Egypt game. And, uh, Correct. you know, you, you look at, you know, you just look at the history of, of, uh, Egyptian basketball. Uh, you know, of course this is another team that, 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 you know, didn't have all of their players. Uh, you know, nominally, I think people would say that's an upset. Uh, you know, you mentioned Morocco had been playing, you know, good basketball up until, you know, the last couple of tournaments and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, maybe, maybe your, your prevailing thought, uh, in the, in the, uh, knockout, in the first round of the knockout, the quarterfinals, uh, 
let's say be, be, let, let's 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 not talk about the Senegal Angola game just yet because that was probably the the the, <laughs> the most tantalizing one. Uh, sure. But of, of the other three games, what you what you think of uh, of those three? Um, I mean, people might think that it was an upset Morocco uh, beating Egypt uh, in the quarterfinals. Uh, let's just say yeah, it was it was an upset, especially because uh, Morocco made it to 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 Tunis or uh, to the African Championship without two great players. I mean, Abdelkin Zouita, who is only Morocco's best player, did not take part in the in the competition. Uh, Ali uh, Aras, uh, also a, a, a rising star in Moroccan basketball ranks, uh, he didn't make it. And um, now let's take this uh, in consideration. This e Egyptian team um, suffered some changes because uh, you know they played with mostly home-based players. Uh, let's talk. About, I mean, those guys playing college basketball in the United States they didn't make the team. Uh, Asen Mari uh, did not. But, uh, did not take part of the team uh, or Abi. I mean, some great players did not come to to Tunis. And uh, one one key aspect is is the, the coaching uh, coaching position uh, change because Juan Orenga. Yeah, I was just going to say know, that because you know Orenga was hired to to coach the national team. He coached the under nineteen championship and. And you know they had a you know pretty decent. They were close to making the quarterfinals, which would have been a you know a great result. And here he's not even at the you know he's not even at, at AfroBasket. So yes, that, that's right. And the reason for that was because I spoke to Juan Arenga a few days, uh, a couple of weeks before the African Championship, and I was surprised when he told me, "Listen, I'm, I'll not be with the team at AfroBasket." I was like, "What's the reason for that?" And he said that his contract um, was due to finish on the 31st of August. And because the AfroBasket 2017 uh, has been rescheduled, because initially it was supposed to take place in August, but because there's been some changes, and they had changed the dates and place and and the host country and things like that, and his contract was already due, so um, that was the reason he said I'll not be with the team. Are you serious? And, oh my god, man. Yes, exactly. And uh, for, for this reason, uh, I'll not be with the team, and someone else will will take will 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 lead the team. And uh, Abul uh, El Kheri, uh, the guy who coached Egypt at AfroBasket 2013, took over. And um, yeah, he took a number of uh, young players to the, to the African Championship. And they did their best, very best during the, the group phase. But when it came to the quarterfinals against Morocco, uh, Morocco was just you know too good for, for Egypt. Does that... Does that not shine a, a pretty negative light on basketball in Egypt? I mean, you know, you, the federation steps up, hosts, you know, under nineteen, uh, you know, U uh, nineteen basketball World Cup, hires a Ranga, and then something like this happens. Does that not like? Does that not take away some of the positives? That, um, that. To be honest with you, I don't think this is the Egypt Basketball Federation's fault because uh, you know they had an, an agreement with with with, with Juan Orenga. And all of a sudden, there's been all these issues with FIBA Africa. Uh, FIBA Africa. Yeah, but somebody uh, in the federation has to, has to has to have, have you know be aware. Like, wait a minute, guys. You know, you know when when it's delayed, say, wait a minute, guys. Our contract with with Zaringa is only till the end of August. So if this thing actually gets delayed, can we not talk to them and say, hey, man, you know, can you know whatever we'll have to kick in another whatever two thousand, who knows whatever, and we'll keep you on for the championship, which was obviously the plan. You know well, I mean? exactly, exactly, exactly. That would have been a good idea. Julia, you need to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Because listen, what I'm just telling you is what I heard from from Juan Orenga. You know, I haven't spoken to the federation or asked. And the reason was this is what uh, Juan Orenga told me that that you know that's right now. 
so far. Oh if God. something else was, was behind their decision, I have no idea. This okay. is what Orenga told me, yeah, and okay. this is what, what I know so far. But um, Were the dates changed, though, that much? I mean, was it, was it from uh, that it was supposed to be finished in August to whatever it was, the 7th? Uh, yes, it was supposed to start on uh, 18th, August the 18th, and finish uh, like on 28th or 29th, something okay, like so that. so it would have fit into the, to the contract, huh? Yes, and then eventually they've changed it to the, uh, the oscillation and also the dates and things like that. And then eventually uh, Orenga was out. So I was a bit surprised when he when I called him and said, listen, I will not be with the team for a basket. I was like, how is this possible? You know? <laughs> You've been working with the team for almost a year or two years. He, he coached the team during the qualifiers. And uh, all of a sudden he was out. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So Egypt, the first game, Morocco, uh, that shines a little bit of light. Nigeria took care of business against Cameroon, Tunisia, uh, DR, Congo. Um any prevailing thoughts on that? Looks like Mbappe. Uh, um, actually, actually, I did watch. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I did watch some of that Cameroon game. Then and uh, um, uh, Mbappe is that how it is? The 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 from Cameroon. Yes, was fantastic. I mean, okay, there's too much firepower from Nigeria, but uh, Mbappe was pretty awesome. I mean, 32 points. Only I think 21 years old, and he plays in in the Philippines, something like that. Is that what it is? Okay, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that's interesting because he plays in the Philippines, and he was the only player in the tournament to score at least 32 points. Tournament average 20, almost 22. And I mean, I mean, against against Nigeria, against Nigeria, he scored 32 points. Not at the play in in, in the entire cha- championship has scored as many as many as 32 points per game. So in a game. Let's say. So, I mean, he, he was Benoit uh, Mbala, as is his name. Uh, he was fantastic and average, as you, as you mentioned, 22 points per game. So he, he was great. He was one of those players that, you know, we, we don't hear uh, quite often about. But, you know, and um, he was a great surprise. He was a great surprise. And um, it was the Cameroon were unfortunate. They had to play uh, uh, Nigeria in the quarterfinals. And then phew, they fell. Yeah, which you know, I mean, it's not not that bad, you know. I mean, losing to Nigeria, um, that's uh, you know that can uh, that can happen. Um, can happen. Yeah. Let's let's move to the big game then. Uh, Senegal and Angola. Uh, I just, I unfortunately I didn't have a chance to watch it. Um, but you know, go ahead and sixty six uh, fifty seven win for. For Senegal knocking off, uh, knocking off the, uh, the 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 finalists the year before, and obviously, so what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, seven championships in the last in in the eight eight uh, tournaments before that. You know the superpower really of of African basketball. Uh, Senegal getting the job done in the uh, quarterfinals. Uh, reflections of that of that game. Yeah, I mean, people keep saying, okay, this is the end of the. Of an era for Angola, I wouldn't say that that's the end of an era. To be honest with you, I would say the Angolan players are still good. The problem is that African basketball has, you know, improved so much in the last few years that people have to recognize that Senegal were the better team. The Angolan players are still good. I mean, back in Angola, play, you know, the media, France, uh, they are heartbroken, but still they have to recognize that African basketball has has improved. A lot. Well, hang on a second there, right? Because, you know, I mean, we are talking about 
there's seven guys who are 30 years or older. There's guys, you know, Minga. I mean, these are guys who I actually covered, Mingas and Cipriano. <laughs> and even, actually, I don't know if Marais was still on the team when, uh, when I when I last saw them at probably at a World Cup or wherever. But so they have 38 year old. Um, uh, where is he? Where's Mingas? Um, Eduardo Mingas. Eduardo Mingas, 38, and then you have 36. Uh, can can I just stop you there? <laughs> sure, go for it. <laughs> yeah, can I just stop you there? I mean, great players, great players, you know, without a doubt. Without, I, I'd say, I'd say legendary players. Maybe thirty-eight, but to be honest with you, he was the key player. I believe it. I believe it. I, I always loved Wing Mingos. I mean, he was one of you know, just that, that whole group. You know, uh, who, uh, Joaquim, the kid who went to college in the states. Uh, Gomez was that it? No, what was Gomez? Yeah. <sighs> Was that it? Who went to college in the States? Joaquin Gomez? Yeah, yeah. Gomez was, was in college in the States, yes. Yeah, and he was a star with the national team for a long time. He, in the legendary game with Dirk uh, at the World Cup. Uh, with, That's right, yes. yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was I love that team. Um, I love those guys. And, and it's cool seeing these, 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 you know, these oldies still playing, you know. And, and, and um, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Keep going. Keep going. Mingus yeah, anyway, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Mingus is fantastic. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think this is anything to do with age. It's just a thing to do with uh, other teams uh, were so determined, have improved so much. And uh, I think the mentality was, okay, this this Angolan team has won so many African championships. It's about time to knock them up and down. And this is what happened. Every single game, Angola had to step up. I mean, Angola, Angola uh, trailed by as many as 15 against Uganda. Uh, with five minutes to go in, in the car, in the group phrase. And then all of a sudden, you know, Angola just came up and ended up winning, I think, by five points or something like that. Five points in overtime, yeah. Exactly, in overtime. That, that's a good point, yes, in, in overtime. And then uh, all of a sudden they, they played against Morocco. If you think about Angola-Morocco two years ago in Tunis, Angola won by one. Okay. So it wasn't really a big surprise to see that, you know, uh, Morocco were prepared to, to fight back and, um, uh, and beat Angola. But when it came to, um, to the quarterfinal against Senegal, well, Angola still led by, at half time, I think by one or two points, something like that. But um, Senegal weren't prepared to lose to Angola. Keep in mind that uh, Senegal have beaten Angola uh, three times. They beat Angola in 2011, they've beaten Angola in 2015, and they beat them again in, in Tunis last week. And before, I mean, prior to the Afro Basket 2015, uh, Senegal had defeated Angola in the preparation game in Spain. So altogether, this is a 4 nil and uh, head-to-head against Angola. So it's, it's, it was very, very difficult for Angola. They've never beaten Angola. Uh, sorry, Angola's never beaten Senegal um, in the last five five years or so, it was it was really tough, really tough. And then all of a sudden, you have that uh, made you know that thunderous dunk of Maurice Ndor with yes. Ndor. Yes. I mean, it was exclamation. I tweeted that out. People, I'm sure, hopefully, people saw that because that was that was that was big time monster dunk, man. That was big time, definitely. Yes, by a really cool guy. And he, is, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I did a story on him actually at uh, from Spain. And um, it was actually he was doing online courses at the World Cup. 
All right. Yes. Because he was still in university. He was still in university in uh, in Ohio during that during the World Cup, and so he was actually taking online courses during the World Cup. It was pretty cool. So, Mm -hmm. Um, really quick before we move off of Angola, um, average age, and this is you know it's yeah it's not a very good you know it's it's you know it should be you know it it really just uh, in in the FIBA sites they basically just say the 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 round number, but they really should try to. You know, give us like it's uh you know this is the average age is thirty years old, um, and uh, you know usually you know it would be better if they did like thirty thirty point seven or something like that you know but mm. but 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 the 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 point I wanted to say was um, average age of thirty even though they have the youngest player at the competition Silvio D'Souza eighteen year old who you know obviously the world saw at the U uh, nineteen basketball world cup um, just give us an update because he is a guy that you know people people know also he's going to be going to uh, going to be going to Kansas um, looks like you know played played fifteen minutes five points a game uh, three three rebounds a game. Uh, yeah, three rebounds a game. Just maybe talk yeah. about uh, you know how he did. Obviously, he, he played at the qualifiers for the World Cup uh, for the uh, for the Olympics last summer. Uh, just maybe what do you what do you think of Silvio D'Souza? I mean, uh, I think that was a good uh, learning, learning experience for for Silvio. You know, he's very young; he's only eighteen years old, and he'll be playing college basketball next season. And uh, being a team that old, yeah, I mean, that was a great experience for him. Uh, it was tough. Uh, he did his very best, but at the end of the day, you have to recognize that you know, Africa, Afro basketball is not just as easy, I think, as as people might think. And um, he did his best, and he 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 gave Angola a very very good uh, support in terms of physicality in the paint because, like, let's say, Angola is not a very tall team, and a guy who is six six eight or six nine, and um, he gave Angola some some good lift in terms of rebounding, in, ter- in terms of physicality, and uh, many people tend to say that uh, Bruno Silva and Bruno Fernandes, who I think you know, yes, um, I was just going to ask about him. Why? Yeah, exactly. There, 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 there was a reason to be uh, the future of Angolan men's basketball. Was there a so. reason why he didn't come, Bruno Fernandes? Well, I've tried to figure it out, but okay. you know, okay. Well, we're I still trying to figure out why he didn't come to. Uh, to the U19. To, the, to Cairo, too. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've tried to figure out exactly what the reason was. Uh, you know. even, even Silvio, he only made to the team uh, two days before they traveled to to, to, to the Afro Baskets. Uh, I don't know exactly what the reasons were. And um, they had 13 players in Cairo, in the car and Cairo. And then, you know, um, Silvio was the last one to join the team. So someone else had to be cut. All right, uh, let's uh, not talk about the uh, non-winners anymore. Semifinals, uh, Tunisia take down Morocco by eight points in the first one, and then uh, a game. I don't know. There's so much, you know, so much basketball on every day. Even uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to to go back and watch it. But uh, suppose that Nigeria Senegal uh, um, semifinal is probably a pretty good one too. No. It was, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, it was surprised that Senegal, as I mentioned before, you know, Senegal, um, I think they are the shot at winning this African Championship. For some reason, they just got, you know, uh, they lack focus, maybe. 
all of a sudden went the same team who demolished all their opponents in the car. Of course, we cannot compare teams like South Africa, Egypt, Mozambique to Angola and Nigeria. But still, I mean, that team, uh, they were so focused, so determined that they could. this was the best generation uh, to win in Africa, the best Senegalese generation to win the African Championship. Because keep in mind that Senegal um, last won in African Championship 20 years ago. I mean, and these are the best Senegalese players in modern basketball. So they had a shot at winning this African Championship. But for some reason, um, they faced Nigeria in the semifinals and all of a sudden they just collapse. You know, they started who, who did, well. Who, who did they not have? Who did Senegal ha- not have, for example? They had everyone. There was, I mean, when they were, I mean, there was everybody. I mean, was there anybody who wasn't there? Uh, no, I mean, they had all their best players. They had Maurice Ndo, Gogi Dieng, Mostafa Faye, Malay Ndoy, uh, Antoine Mendy. I mean, the point guard, uh, Shen Dalmeida, uh, was with the team, but he was injured. He was, he's a very experienced uh, point guard, but you know, because of an, an injury, uh, he couldn't make it to, to the team. But still, I mean, they had a very good point guard in this place. I'm talking about Tiano uh, um, Niang. Tiano uh, Niang, yes. And for some reason, they just failed in the semifinals. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what went wrong with Senegal. Uh, they, uh, to me, to me, at least they could have reached the final. But for some reason, they just, you know... Failed in the same. Well, I mean, Nigeria is a pretty good team too. So, I mean, yes, Nigeria is a good, pretty, pretty good team. But let's keep in mind that they've never played together. You know, uh, that team was just they just gathered two weeks before the tournament to say, okay, let's go to to Tunis and let's try to defend our continental chi- uh, title. And there they were. So, but still, I think Senegal they had a month of preparations in Europe. They played a number of uh, national uh, national teams. And um, this was their time. I don't know if they did win uh, this time around. I don't know when that generation will win again, to be honest with you. I don't know when. In four, four years' time? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? This was, this, this was their best shot of winning this African Championship. Um, so, Tunisia and, and uh, Nigeria, home team. Against, home team against 13,000 fans. 13,000 is that what it was? Yeah, it was. I mean, the reigning champions up. who you know we just have talked, uh, you know, more, you know, plenty about Nigeria. Go for it, you know, let's just set it up. You said 13,000, yes, absolutely. 13,000. Um, Tunisia playing without uh, two key players, Michael Roll and Salah Medri, and still, you know, they dominate the game. I mean. Uh, Tunisia trailed by ten points in the first half. I was All of a sudden, say, it looks like know, they started this started slow. They started slow, very slow, exactly. I mean, and then all of a sudden, uh, Coach Palmer look at the bench and say, "Listen, Ziad uh, Shenouf, Inouye Kinzar, come up," and those two guys changed completely the game. You know, they hit a number of uh, three pointers, and uh, Nigeria was never the same again. And um, for me, to be honest with you, those two guys were the game changers. They did not make it to the all-tournament team, but those guys, uh, Ziyad Shinouf and uh, Nizia Kinio, they completely changed the, route of the, the, the course of the game. And um, Tunisia and all the champions, uh, they must thank those two guys, to be honest with you. I think they did really, really, really well. 
you know, I, we kind of, I kind of mentioned it at, you know, um, sort of be, you know, early on when we were talking, you know, you, you have champion 2011, uh, they didn't make the final four in, in, uh, in 13, they, they lost, they finished third in 2015. Now the champions, um, would you say that this is the, the best team right now in Africa? Well, um, I would say it's the, one of the best teams, along with Senegal and Nigeria. Let's say, I mean, they are the champions. So let's say they are the number one team. I mean, they played great basketball. They've they've won all their games, all their six games. They moved the ball. They they chased the ball like no other team did. Okay, and uh, they were so efficient. Let's recognize. Let's give credit to who is you. And uh, I think that yeah, let's say they are the number one team, number one team in Africa, one of the number one team in Africa now. Um, you would could you, have said would you say Nigeria. would you say they're the favorites to win in uh, in the win the next Safra basket though? Um, I wouldn't say so, but maybe <laughs> if, if they keep. Well, it's it's tough to say because you know the next African Championship will take place in four years' time, yeah. And um, some of those guys might not be part of the team, and we have to look at uh, the under nineteen, under under eighteen teams and see who is coming up, who is not. And uh, in that regard, I think uh, maybe Nigeria might be the next champions. I think I, it seems to me that Angola. You know, you have you have a couple of decent, you know, really good high level guys in, in Fernandez and, and D'Souza. You know, I, I'd say most of those guys aren't going to be there in four years. The 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 older guys uh, from Angola, yeah. Senegal. Um, you know, you you look at the guys that are coming up, and also Cameroon. You know, um, Cameroon basketball seems to be. You know this better than I do, but Cameroon, you know, seems to be. Uh, bringing up the, a lot of good players. There's a couple of uh, really good players, young players in um, in Europe as well. One, one I'm thinking is uh, uh, what's his, now even younger. Uh, uh, Eboa, uh, the kid at the kid at Stella Azura in in, in Rome, uh, 2000 born, Paul. Okay. Mm. Um, you know, so you know, and, and some of these some of these uh, big stars are. Are starting to you know give back to the country, you know their 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 homeland you know and starting to do camps and 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 build up things you know back in Cameroon so it seems like Cameroon might be you know you know especially if 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 these really big you know stars start coming and playing for them as well uh, it seems like Cameroon could be a pretty um, a pretty big force absolutely along with is- Senegal Senegal as well you know but. Um, that's the thing, you know, because uh, it all starts with how the federation manages the national teams. You know? And so far, the national federations have struggled a lot. Hopefully, um, with the new FIBA's competition system, the new federations will be a little bit more active. Uh, hopefully, they will be able to attract uh, those professional players to come and represent their countries. Because so far, this is, you know, there is this, this big difference. You know, you're talking about a player who... Uh, who spends the entire season playing for an NBA team, for example, and, and then he comes to his country to represent his national team, and they don't find the same, let's say, 
playing conditions. You know, you're talking about a federation who struggles to self, to you know, to, to self fund and things like that. And uh, people, you know, players tend to lose their motivation to represent their country unless the federations uh, step up and improve their, you know, managerial skills. I mean, these players will not be joining the national team, and that will be very, very difficult. Hopefully, with this FIBA's new competition system, things 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 may change. Hopefully. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it even goes uh, a step further, and I just want to pull it up because I, I don't want to, you know, I want to, you know, hammer it home right away. So let, let's start with uh, Senegal because they've actually done a little bit more. So they haven't had an under-16 team since 2008. <laughs> That's a good point. They Go haven't on, had man. an under-16 team since 2008. They did play AfroBasket 18 in 2012, and, and they made it to – uh, the world, the World Cup in uh, in 2019. I just really quick see who was on that team. Um, I know there was a. Uh, they and, and they they did they won one game. That was actually when uh, Ivory Coast was also there. Um, Pop Diata was there. Sheikh uh, Diallo. Who? Sheikh Diallo. You're not talking about the Memphis. Oh, no, that's, that's, no, that's that's the uh, Senegalese. Uh, that's the Mali kid. That's right. Um, and and Doi? Uh, I don't think any of those players who played in, 2000, in 2013 under 19 World Cup uh, were part of the team, to be honest with you. Okay, let's see what, what Diata. 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 No, he never played anymore. All right. So there is Senegal. Cameroon is even worse. Cameroon. Uh, their only team, only youth team since 2004 was under 18 in 2008. 2008. So they haven't had a youth competition. They haven't taken part in a youth competition since 2008. Yes. And and that's why, in my eyes, that's why you see Angola still up there. That's why I think Mali is going to get there because they're playing World Cups. They're playing under they're 19, playing under Cups, 17. They're playing, uh... Uh, youth uh, African Championships. You think about Nigeria. When when was the last time ah, Nigeria? Nigeria. Good point. Let me let me let me check. I mean, Ni- you think about Nigeria. Nigeria about- haven't Nigeria haven't really done anything either. Exactly. Let's exactly. See, I mean, this is-, is junior men. Uh, so they played under sixteen this past year. They did two twelve uh, in twelve. They did eighteen uh, in two thousand eight two thousand nine. So since two thousand nine, they did one eighteen and one sixteen. Mm-hmm. So a little bit better, but I, I think that's I think that's going to be key, and and that kind of leads me to the question like Senegal now, for for example, you know, uh, a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of Spanish clubs uh, like to grab Senegal young Senegal kids and bring them bring them up to to Spain, and my question is, do you think that 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 these guys will eventually take part in a, in a Senegal national team. Um, I mean, some of these guys are really super high-level players, you know, with Real Madrid, uh, with uh, with Gran Canaria, you know. Gran Canaria, yeah. You know, some of these guys are really, really high-level players. Um, but, you know, I think if they were then – if the if the federation came and said, you know, okay, let's go to the youth national team as well – 
and they were to take these players and, and let them play youth, youth national competitions, you know, and qualify for a World Cup, then they're playing against the Canadas, they're playing against the USAs, they're playing against the Argentinas, they're playing against the Australias, and that would help their development that much more. Is it yeah. something that you even have a feeling that could that that is in the works i mean they're they're you know fiba is pushing this the the world cup qualifiers but even the africa for, for those who aren't aware even the africa uh, the world cup africa qualifiers aren't quite the same as the europeans where you know you just don't have the infrastructure in place to do home and away home and away home and away with all these teams you know these are these are mini tournaments in africa do you think that 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 some of these big federations are are are, are are kind of working at maybe going into some of this youth a little bit more, or is it, we're just not going to see these countries um, uh, to develop that way. I mean, this is the challenge for, for these new federations. I mean, hopefully, as I mentioned before, I mean, this, this new FIBA's competition systems, hopefully it can, you know, could help the federations become self-sufficient because at the moment, most of these federations uh, rely on central government's funds. And you know, we know, you know, we, we all have an idea of uh, how those uh, governments uh, work. And unless you have some relations with the governments and you have, you have some contact with the, with the government, uh, you'll you'd be able to, to, to get some funding. Otherwise, it's, it's quite difficult. With this FIBA's new competition system, if the federations are capable of making the most of it, and then they'll, they'll have their own uh, budgets and uh, they would be able to, uh, I think, they would be able to to attract those players who are now based in Spain and uh, maybe take, uh, you know, building uh, under-18 youth teams to take part in the African Championships. Because, you know, this is a shame that Senegal, teams like Senegal and Nigeria, they haven't, you know, participated in uh, half our, uh, youth teams uh, for so many years, you know, it's all it's all about funding. It's all about funding. This is the biggest the biggest problems of African basketball. You know, you think about uh, countries like Angola. You think how is it possible that Angola is always you know taking part in uh, uh, youth um, African championships? Because you know that's the politics of the Angolan government. They support African basketball, uh, Angolan basketball. You know, uh, you yeah, have, but, they, uh, but then they pulled out of the under under sixteen. Uh, that's a good question because uh, you know there's been elections, general ele presidential elections, and the Golden Basketball Federation, and all of a sudden things change completely, as you might you might you might have noticed. Uh, so, did, so, Silva, did they, so did they just spend too much money on the 19s and 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 not have the money to to send the team to uh, where were 16, wherever the 16s were. The Angolan Basketball Federation is still trying to figure out exactly what happened after the elections. You know, okay. there's a new president in charge now. Was the election was the election between the 16? It was. And it wasn't 16? between. Oh, okay. It wasn't okay. between. As you, you might know, Manuel Silva, for example, he was the under 19 coach, the under 18 coach in Rwanda, in Kigali, right, last, right. last yep. summer. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to take the team to to Cairo this year. Then he was promoted to the to the to the men's team. And then Raul Raul Duarte uh, was coaching a local team, was named the coach of under 19. I mean, with this election, there have been so many changes, so many changes. And when it comes to budgets, that's what people are asking. Where, where's the money gone? You know, and uh, how is it possible that we have money now and now, and all of a sudden, you know, there's only money. I mean, I mean you mentioned that that uh, under 16 team pulled out. Uh, and the reason back in Angola is because there's, there's been lack of funding to to to. Um, 
I mean, they, have, they, they found some excuses, but, you know, people tend to say that the really reason behind Angola's withdrawal was for lack of funding. It was a bit surprising. It was a bit surprised because, you know, only six months ago, everything was fine with the new federation. And all of a sudden, you know, there's no funding. It was the first time in many, many years that Angola pulled out of uh, a youth tournament. It was a bit surprising. It was a bit surprising. But, you know, when you, you, you think about other national teams, other federations, African basketball, basketball federations, that's quite, you know, um, a daily issue. They just pull out of tournaments for lack of funding. And, um, yeah, but that never really happened with Angola. You know, Angola seemed one of, the, before, one of the yeah. stabilizing forces in, in, uh, in Africa. That's true. It never happened before, but that's the thing. Because well, I don't know, know if it's I, never happened, but it hasn't happened in recent history for sure. So, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> um, all right. Let, okay. Um, to kind of close off, uh, kind of close off AfroBasket. Um, let's go with this question: Is, Was there a team that you know they may even have finished zero and three, whatever? But was there a team? that surprised you in a positive way and you can see them uh slowly but surely now now we're thinking for your rhythm now here with afro basket and then you know and 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 to you know have a have a pretty good show how many how many how many teams from world cup how many teams uh africa go to the world cup five F- five go to the world cup and then uh and then what two go to the quali- to the qualifying tournament is that right no, no. Five will qualify to to the World Cup, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The five to the World Cup, and then and then from those, there's a there's a the Olympic qualifying tournament for the yeah. Okay. Um. That's so right, yeah. so that you know could go to the World Cup and let's say you know I don't know let's say Wild win two games so or or whatever you know country that you know I mean okay you only saw well you saw half of the teams and then you saw. What the other f- uh, four teams from the other group? So you saw what twelve of the sixteen teams? Yeah. Who is there a country that you know? And it may be something that that you know has been sort of on the fringe, and but but a team that's let's say on the rise a little bit. Uganda. And a team that that Uganda. did go zero and three. I mean, Uganda, they've lost all their three games, yeah. but they are the teams. I mean, comparing to what they've done uh, two years ago in Tunisia and what they've done this year, I think they were better this year, to be honest with you. But still, they've lost all their three games. They had a very, very, you know, a quality team this time around, but, you know, they were unfortunate. They had to play Morocco well, took, and Angola. Well, took, took, took Angola to overtime and lost exactly. to Central, Central, exactly. Central African Republic by three points and then, right. and then nine points uh, against Morocco. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they put together a quality team, a competitive team, but, you know, all of a sudden, unfortunately for them, they just, you know, they just came short. I mean, this is a team that we have to look for. You know, let's just keep an eye on this team during the qualifiers. They all shock. They all surprise many teams coming to the qualifiers in, in November or January, whenever, when they, whenever they, they, they start the qualifiers. I mean, they played great basketball, but eventually they just fell short. They just lacked a little bit of experience uh, to knock off Angola and possibly, you know, reach the quarterfinals. It was just so close, so close. 
But you know, um, let's just keep an eye on that uh, that team uh, because they've got some quality players. I'm thinking about a guy called Robinson Opong. I was surprised he's based in Canada. Uh, I think he played college basket. I'm not. I don't remember exactly which college he played for, and he's a great player, great talent. Think about uh, Jimmy Enable as well. He plays uh, in Uganda. Uh, good point guard. You know, good skills, good ball handling, all sorts of things. And still, you know, they just fell short. Yeah, just keep an eye on that team for, for the World Cup qualifiers in November. Uh, Texas Legends uh, coach Galen Apopoulos, uh, Apollos. Uh, Texas Legends, is that the Mavericks D-League team? Yes, that's right. He is, yeah. Is that is. the Mavericks? So, assistant, he's the, he was the head coach for that team. Uh, he was, yes. And so he was, uh, um, looks like one of his first assignments as a as a national team. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Uganda, not somebody Uganda. that people know too much about. So That's true, yes. I mean, we don't know exactly what the future with George, uh, the head coach is, but um, still, uh, he did a great job. The team played great basketball. Uh, Stalio City was the, the veteran the veteran on the team. Uh, he was a great leader, uh, but still they just fe- they just fell short. I mean, I love that uh, Ugandan team. I, I really do. I really do. I really do. All right, I, I I've been uh, it's sort of a, a running question uh, that I don't know. I may have even asked you two years ago, or if not, uh, whatever. But um, uh. So not a American trained, yeah, not American trained, but, or, you know, a guy went to college or whatever, um, but which <laughs> I'm trying to look for a, a, an African point guard. So say again, I'm, trying, I'm trying an African point guard. Okay. I, I like who? trying to find out who who would who would be you know because because it seems sometimes sometimes very often it that's sort of that's lacking on the african teams is, is a really high level point guard to you know beat an argentina um mm. you know who would you who would you kind of say again not american trained you know not american college so you know like a nigerian or a senegalese guy who who went to the you know who, who went to the states but actually let's say african born raised and and and, and trained well, Jim Enabu from Uganda. Jim, oh, there we go. We're going with uh, uh, Uganda. Jim Enabu. Okay, Jim. Jim Enabu, exactly. I mean, City, guy, City Oilers. Exactly. City Oilers. That's one, yes. I mean, it was his second Afro, Afro, Afro basket. Uh, he's skilled, as I mentioned before. His skill is a great uh, ball handling. He's competitive. He never, he never gives up. I mean, keep an eye on that, on that kid. Do you, what, what kind of future do you think he has? Um, a great future, a great future with the national team, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless Scott uh, have an eye on him, he, he, he could play in any European league, to be honest with you. You know, he's great. He can shoot the ball, can handle the ball. Uh, he's competitive. Uh, he never gives up. I mean, he's great. Is there, are there any other guys that you think may really, um, sort of raise their stock and, and, you know, we're going to see, you can, cause we already saw from America, you know, the USA team, you know, already two guys signed with NBA teams after after they won the uh, the title there at the America Cup. I'm not saying that uh, you know these guys will sign sign with the NBA teams, uh, but you know maybe somebody you know you mentioned in a, um, 
you mentioned uh, an Abu, um, maybe just somebody else who you think that, uh, you know, really, really had their stock rise and could see somebody, yeah. maybe maybe an effort, maybe a, a European, mid-level European team kind of go go look at him. You know, is anybody yeah. that, you know, sort of comes to mind? Yes, yes. Uh, Hervé Kebalese from Congo. Congo, okay. Uh, you mentioned yes, him earlier. He's a six six nine power forward, left-handed, with this uh, with tremendous athleticism, you know, he can shoot the ball, he can defend, you know, good low posts, great talent, great talent, and he's only 20 years old. And he was great. He was the Congolese team top performance. If you look at his statistics, you watch his games, I mean, it's a great talent. He's only 20 years old. Cabasela, right? Cabasela, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Julio, thank you very much. Appreciate uh, you coming on, dropping all this fantastic knowledge on the uh, FIBA Afro Basket 2017. Uh, for those who might not uh, know you, might not know uh, what you what you you know what you write about. You know, obviously, you mentioned your your FIBA column. Tell people how they can follow what you what you uh, what you write. Yeah, I mean, uh, they can catch me on, on Twitter, Jay Chitunda or Julio Chitunda if you want. I've been writing about uh, African basketball, international basketball for over 10 years now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very easily to, to be caught up. You know, I'm, I'm uh, on Twitter or Facebook and um, just get in touch. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and if you have seriously, uh, you know, um, you know, and 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 you know we're writing weekly columns. You know, uh, you know, Julio for on African basketball, men and women, more more men, but but also women and also some youth stuff. Um, and so if you you know, and and obviously writing a column every week, you know, sometimes it's hard to find topics. You know, <laughs> <laughs> as as Julio knows. Um, so you know he goes in depth and and tries to find plenty of things. So if you you know if you really want to get a you know a pretty good pulse on on what's going on in Africa. Um, and, and also then the connection, you know, after, you know, like, uh, Americans that, you know, play, uh, uh, Africans that play in America and whatnot, uh, young African players, whatnot, uh, go check it out. It's, uh, the, the column is, um, uh, Julie Ch- uh, Chitundo's, uh, African message and it's That's right. yes. published on Mondays, right? That's right. Yes, it is. On Mondays. So, uh, go, go check it out uh, Julio thanks a lot and uh, we'll talk again no we can't talk in four years that's way too long uh, we'll, have, we'll have to talk maybe after qualifiers or something like that but uh, thanks a lot for coming on and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you down the road thanks for having me alright um, you know I, I, I kind of uh, maybe I could have gone out without asking the final question of it uh, but to me it seems like there that 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 competition really was lacking some of the firepower that it could have had, and um, it almost should have had. Um, but you know, I the I'm kind of wondering maybe just because guys didn't know the heck where it was even going to take place, and you know, it, that's African basketball. Unfortunately, that's that's African basketball, and that that stuff happens. Um, you know, you look at the under uh, under sixteen, the FIBA U sixteen African Championship, and. You know, like three days before, they didn't know if they were going to have 12 teams or eight teams. And um, so, you know, federations uh, pull out of the tournament. Um, 
the tournament, uh, uh, you know, the hosts say we're not going to do it, and then the federation, uh, the confederation, is left uh, scrambling trying to figure out where they can, where they can host it. You know, that stuff happens in in Africa. You know, if you if we live in, you know, for those who live in in Europe, you know, be appreciative of of the of the established organization and infrastructure that is in place. You know, we know that Latvia are hosting the under eighteen uh, European Championship next next summer. You know, we knew that. We knew that already. You know, we knew that uh, Germany is going to be hosting the under twenty um, under twenty European Championship. You know, and 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 this is you know confederation that you know three days before says all right we're going to have a twelve or we're going to have an eight. You know, and and then it ends up having to change the format of the competition, not having uh, two groups of six but two groups of eight uh, two groups of four and everybody playing each other um playing everybody playing each other twice in the group and um you know um for the organizers obviously a nightmare but so be happy if you're in europe you know some of the things that go on in europe aren't uh, aren't aren't really as bad as you might think so you know there's other issues going on so Anyhow, great stuff from Julia. Obviously, you know, uh, go back and listen to 2015. Uh, uh, his uh, that was episode 155. Go back and check that out, and go check him out on Twitter. Go check him out on uh, you know read that column. There's a lot of great stuff that he that he puts out there. So um, go enjoy that. All right, with that, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, I have to let you know what you're gonna be listening to. This is a band that's been on actually quite a few. Uh, count this is actually the seventh time I've had their music, um, so you can count me as a fan of Big Sandy and his Fly Right Boys. Uh, this is available on freemusicarchive.org. The song is called Love That Man. Uh, some of the other songs we've had, um, Don't Sweetheart Me, um, Tequila Calling, Halo down, Miss Tracy, good stuff all around. So, uh, Big Sandy and his fly and his fly right boys. Free mu- musicarchive.org. Go check it out. Love that man. Take care, and we'll talk to you next week.
Hi, my name is Patrick Komlinos. I'm the CEO of uh, the Basketball Champions League and you're listening to Taking the Charge.